Hey, how is it going? This is Screen Secrets, and I am your host, Eric Gibson. So before I start, uh, two things. First thing is tomorrow, I completely forgot to mention this. should have mentioned this earlier. I knew about it for a long time. I am going on vacation. I'm going to be gone for three weeks to a month. Don't worry. We're going to do all the regulations. We even have an RV so we can stay away from people. We're not going to... We're always going to put on a mask when we go in public, all that kind of stuff. Don't worry. We'll do every precaution we can just to get that out of the way real quick. And also just to say that, yeah, I will be gone and I will be making podcasts for a little while. I believe I get back August 18th, 19th, something like that. So I'll be back then. But for now, I will be gone and I leave tomorrow. So I won't be making any podcasts for a little while. And the other thing I wanted to talk about, number two, was the last podcast I made. I didn't particularly like how that one came out. I felt like I was pausing a lot. I was kind of like, I was getting kind of tired by the end of it. I think the reason for that was because I was actually talking about Zuko to my friends before I did the podcast. So I was almost burnt out on talking about it. I don't know. That's just how I work. It's kind of weird. I get it, but I have a brand new skip script, excuse me, script ready to go. So let's get right to it. So originally, I was going to talk about Breaking Bad, just like I was going to talk about it in my last podcast. But since Avatar The Last Airbender is stuck in my brain right now, I just watched it not too long ago, I just have a lot of stuff I want to talk about it. I really want to talk about my I'm also watching it with my parents right now. And once I go back to college, I'll probably rewatch it again because it is it's amazing. Seriously, go watch the show. Please go watch it. You're doing yourself a disservice not watching it. So please go watch it. It is a spectacular show. So let's get to what I was talking about when you first think of Avatar The Last Airbender, what do you think of? Most likely the great characters, the compelling story, the incredible, incredible world building, and much more. There's a ton of other stuff to talk about with Avatar. It is a great show. But there is something that is constantly overlooked, at least from what I've heard when discussing it with my friends and in video essays I've watched made by fans of the show. In my opinion, it is the reason it beats all other animated shows for me and why it's the most beloved show of all time. I've watched Breaking Bad and I love Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is, I mentioned, I said this in my last podcast, I think it's perfect for me. I really do. I don't like saying things are perfect, but Breaking Bad is perfect for me. I love Breaking Bad even more than Avatar Last Airbender. I honestly don't even really think it's close. Again, I that's not really anything against Avatar because I don't think anything else comes close to Breaking Bad. I don't think any movie I've watched, any book I've read has ever come close to Breaking Bad for me, for me. You may think differently, and that's exactly what I'm about to get to is I think Avatar is actually the most, at least from what I've seen, from what I've heard, is the most beloved TV show out there. So many people love Avatar The Last Airbender. 
a lot more people than love Breaking Bad. I love Breaking Bad, but some of my friends, they watched it, they liked it. And then some of my friends, they watched it and they really didn't like it. And there's two things that Breaking Bad, I think, kind of does where people kind of don't really like it too much. Uh, Actually, I'm going to up that to three things now because I was just thinking about I think the first thing is that a lot of people like to be brought to a different world. They like living in a new world. And Breaking Bad is obviously just the world we live in right now. Obviously, it's it's never actually happened. Breaking Bad is a fantasy, quote unquote, but it is realistic. And people don't particularly like that. They want to go into a world like Avatar or Lord of the Rings or something like that, Star Wars. They want to live in that world. They want to take time and watch the show or movie that will take them to that world. I think the other reason is just because of the violence of Breaking Bad. Not many people want to watch it. You know, a lot of people die in Breaking Bad, and sometimes it can be hard to watch for people. And I totally understand that too. And I think the third reason is Breaking Bad is so difficult to just get into. You can't watch it casually. You have to pay attention to every little detail in Breaking Bad. And I think that just gets very monotonous for a lot of people. It gets tiresome. It's just, it gets very, uh, people just get bored watching it. And I totally understand that. It is kind of slow to start things off. And I totally understand but it's all built up and the ending is fantastic. It is the greatest show of all time and it's not close in my opinion. But all those reasons are reasons why it's not the most beloved TV show in my eyes. I think Avatar is. I think it is. So there's multiple reasons why I think that's the case. Don't get me wrong. Character development is amazing in avatar i mean zuko's arc is one of the greatest of all time and the compelling the story is just amazing and the world building is otherworldly pun intended it really is it is absolutely amazing the world building is awesome in avatar better than i've ever seen i i honestly i think it's the best world building i've ever seen in anything i've watched or read So those are a few reasons why I think it's so beloved. But there is one reason why I think it skyrockets over every other cartoon out there and a lot of other TV shows and movies and whatnot. So what I mean by that? Well, what I mean is the characters lose the main characters I like, honestly, I like Avatar The Last Airbender more than Lord of the Rings for that one reason, because the main characters lose. So what do I mean by losing then? Well, I'll provide an example that many will agree with me here, even though I know, I know, okay, it's cliche whenever you say like something goes dark like some story you have to say well it's the empire strikes back of this story but i'm going to use the empire strikes back here as a comparison all right 
the similarities to the end of the second season of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Empire Strikes Back are so close. It's almost it almost feels like Avatar was kind of copying it, to be honest with you. But the reason Empire is not only my favorite Star Wars movie, but many Star Wars fans' favorite movie, is because it was not afraid to go there. It was not afraid to have the characters lose. And everyone loves the main characters. Everyone loves Han. Everyone loves Luke Skywalker. Everyone loves Leia. They all lose. Darth Vader wins in the end. That's how it happens. And sure, there's hope. There's a little bit of hope at the end. But for the most part, the characters are at their lowest low by the end of the movie. When you go into a movie like that, which normally keeps things family friendly, A New Hope was pretty family friendly, it's shocking to see the heroes of the story fail so drastically and have that be the end of the movie or TV show or book or whatever. Another great example of this is, of course, Infinity War. A little bit of a newer example, but I'll get to Infinity War in a little bit. I'll talk about comparisons between Avatar and Infinity War in a few minutes. First, I'm going to get into the failures of The Empire Strikes Back and compare them to the ending of the second season of Avatar, which is one of my favorite season finales of all time, by the way. I think Breaking Bad uh, season finale of the fourth season and the fifth season beat this one out. But this season in Avatar may be then my third favorite season finale of all time. So the similarities here are actually eerily similar, like I was saying. The main character, Aang and Luke, go to a wise old man to teach them how to use their powers. The main character feels their friends are in trouble, so they leave in the middle of the lesson, and finally everything goes wrong except for any of the main characters dying. Those are very close similarities. It almost feels like they were almost copying it a little bit, but I don't care because it's still fantastic. It is so much fun to watch. keeps you on the edge of your seat. In The Empire Strikes Back, Luke learns Vader is his father, and gets his hand cut off. Han is captured and frozen in carbonite. And the Empire wins overall. In the final episode of season 2. The Crossroads of Destiny. Zuko joins Azula. Azula zaps Aang with lightning. Killing him while he's in the Avatar state. Which obviously in the show. They say if you die in the Avatar state. Then the Avatars are done. There is no more Avatars. Now of course. Katara revives him. Obviously. But. That was shocking. Okay, even for a second. Iroh gets imprisoned, and the entire Earth Kingdom is taken over by the Fire Nation. Everything goes wrong. Everything. The only thing that doesn't go wrong is the main characters didn't die. And they escaped, at least. They didn't get captured. Those are the only two things that went right and even then Iroh still got imprisoned Han Han whatever you want to call it <laughs> whatever you want to call him is frozen in carbonite he's captured so 
almost everything that could have gone wrong goes absolutely wrong, and they straight up lose. They lose. The Fire Nation overtakes the Earth Kingdom completely. They take down Bossing Say. Not only that, but in Avatar, there's a second time where they straight up lose the Day of Black Sun. All the adults were captured. Ozai took refuge, so Aang couldn't find him because, of course, during the Day of Black Sun, the firebenders, they don't have their firebending abilities. So Ozai, that, that's when Aang was going to go fight Ozai because he wouldn't be able to firebend. And what do you know? Ozai took refuge in some other place in the palace and Aang couldn't find him. And the kids were forced to retreat to seek shelter in the Western Air Temple. The two hopeful things that happened this time, though, it was a little bit more hopeful than the end of season two. The end of season two was just, ugh, it was just shocking, and I could not, I could not believe it. I could not believe that Zuko chose Azula's side. I could not believe that when that happened. But I mentioned, like I mentioned in my previous podcast, I didn't really like, but whatever. I did mention that. I kind of understood by the end of the show why he favored Azula at that point. But it was still shocking when it happened. Don't get me wrong. But so Iroh escaped prison and Zuko, of course, decided to finally join the Avatar. Those are the two hopeful things that happened at the end of the day of Black Sun. So why does this make this movie, Empire Strikes Back, and Avatar so great. Three things that will go into explanation of right now. It makes the story realistic. In Empire, the Empire wins in the end, which makes sense since they control most of the galaxy. In Infinity War, Thanos wins in the end, which makes sense because the whole movie, he destroyed all of his opponents. It wasn't even close. The whole movie. It would have been weird if he didn't win in the end. And in Avatar, it makes sense since the Fire Nation has devastated the whole world, started the 100-year war, have committed mass genocide to the Air Nomads, and have better technology than all the other nations. In all three of those cases, it makes sense. In fact, it almost wouldn't make sense if the good guys won. Do you, do you see what I mean by that? Because the Fire Nation is just so powerful, it makes sense that they would be the ones to overtake the Earth Kingdom. It makes sense. And Azula is just so manipulative, and so is Ozai. That's how it happened. And it makes sense. It makes the world feel realistic. It really does. Even though it's not. <laughs> Obviously, it's a fantasy. Now imagine if the Empire lost. Okay? And our heroes won the Empire Strikes Back. Even though the Empire has the power to take over the whole galaxy. At least part of the galaxy. They have the power. Why all of a sudden good guys win and now like the Empire is completely destroyed? Why didn't they just do that before? Because the Empire is too powerful. And the second movie, Empire Strikes Back, shows why they are so powerful. It makes you more satisfied when the good guys overcome all that power. Imagine if Thanos lost in Infinity War too. 
despite destroying all of the people who fight him before. Imagine if he went into the final fight and all of a sudden he was just gone. Like he died. It wouldn't make any sense. It would not make any sense. The whole movie, he's just he fights the Hulk without without even using basically the gauntlet and he just completely beats him. Like I there'd be no way. And at that point, at the end of the movie, in that final battle that Thanos just destroys everyone, he had five out of the six stones. Like what what are they gonna do? Nothing. There's nothing they can do. So it makes sense to have Thanos win in the end. And finally, if Azula, Zuko, the Fire Nation, and all the Dai Li agents a lot lost against just Katara and Aang, that would be so unrealistic. They had all the Dai Li agents on their side and Azula, who is one of the best benders and Zuko maybe isn't the best, but still along with all the Dai Li agents who are at least like a hundred soldiers, basically at least how would they lose to just Katara and Aang? And not only that, the fire nation is just so powerful. They have so much more technology. Azula is just so manipulative. It would be so weird if Katara and Aang won that battle and Iroh won that battle. It'd be so strange, and it just wouldn't be real. So here's an example of the opposite of that happening, all right? I'm going to give you an example that many of you are going to hate because I'm dissing it right now. But before I say anything, I just want to say I love these movies. They are one of the greatest movies of all time, and they're probably in my top 30 movies of all time i really love the lord of the rings trilogy okay i really do but i definitely have my issues with it okay all right so i couldn't help while i was watching it to constantly think this the orcs and mordor are taking over the world right now They've basically taken it over. And they lose every single battle in all the movies. Except except for one. The one battle that they won, I guess you could count maybe the battle at the end of the first movie. But really, I don't really think that was a battle because it was like, what? Seven, eight people going up against 500 orcs or something. They kind of just got caught off guard by the orcs. That's really what it was about. But the only time that I could think of where the orcs really did win was when Faramir defends Osgiliath and the orcs just completely slaughter all of his people. Right? That was in the third movie. And you don't even see it on screen, though, either. You have Mary, or sorry, Pippin, singing this beautiful, sad song, and then the asshole king, I'm not even going to mention his name, he's just a dick, <laughs> eating eating all this food, like suggesting that they're getting slaughtered, he's eating it messily, like he bites down on a tomato, and then it, the juice like comes down in his mouth and everything, and so it's supposed to show that 
they just got slaughtered. But they don't even show it. And then after, everyone's happy in the end of the third movie anyways. So, while yes, I guess getting slaughtered is worse than just losing, because a lot more people are dying, but when it shows it, it feels so much more powerful, like an Avatar. That's why I say I like Avatar Last Airbender more than I like Lord of the Rings. Honestly. And like I said, too, that was the only time the orcs won. The rest of the time, they lost. Well, then why is Mordor taking over the world? It doesn't make any sense. Like, shouldn't they be gone by now? If they keep losing over and over and over again, why didn't the good guys just rise up against them and fight earlier? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It makes the world seem unrealistic. If they take over the world, they should win most battles that they're in. If not most, then at least some. So having the bad guys win some battles makes the world feel real, even if it's not. It just feels so realistic. So the second reason why losing can make you feel things so much in a piece of artwork, in a story, is because it makes you feel like the characters went through something. Okay? So, in Avatar, it really feels like they went through their lowest low. It really does. Avatar makes you wait for the moment of, finally, this happens. Uh, the moment of relief. It makes you wait on it. When they lose Appa, Appa doesn't come back for another five, six episodes. He doesn't just come back in the next episode and, oh, everything's better. No, they have you wait on it. And then they show you an episode where the ending isn't even good for Appa. He gets captured again. They make you just, they pull that rubber band as hard, as far as they can. Until it finally snaps and you're, oh, thank God it went out. It went well. Not only that, it just makes you feel like the characters went through something. Like they went through a deep emotional or physical thing. A, a, a story, a real story with high highs and low lows. At the ending of The Last Airbender, I, I've always said this. I feel like Avatar The Last Airbender is kind of like Lord of the Rings in that you have, you know what the finale is going to be. Frodo throws the ring into Mount Doom and Aang defeats Ozai. You kind of know what the ending is going to be. But when I watch Avatar, when I was done with it, I was like, wow, they went through something though. Like, I feel like they went through a lot to finally come out on top. Finally, after three seasons, beat Ozai and end the 100-year war. But here's the thing about Lord of the Rings. Okay, I'm not saying Frodo didn't go through some pretty low lows on his journey. He but he never really lost. Okay? He never really lost. Let's be honest here. In the third movie, he tells Sam to get lost and and Sam is like, "Oh man, it's it's a sad moment." 
But then, like, ten minutes later, he starts hiking down the mountain, right? Then he decides, no, I'm going to go back and save Frodo. And he does. And then they move on. And I may be wrong on this, but that whole thing in the movie, I'm pretty sure, only lasts, like, a half an hour. Half an hour. Maybe, maybe an hour. Maybe. It doesn't let you sit on it very long. So Frodo also decides to keep the ring at the end when he's about to throw it off in the Mount Doom and he decide, and he says, no, I don't want to. And he keeps it. And Sam and Gollum immediately after Gollum jumps on him, obviously not trying to save him, but save the ring. And Gollum goes off and he falls down into the lava. And Sam was also trying to stop Frodo from doing it. So... In the end, they never really truly lost, right? I don't feel like Frodo went through as much as Aang did. Aang died. <laughs> Aang died. Not only that, in the day of Black Sun, he goes to take down Ozai, which would have been easy for him because Ozai doesn't have any powers. And what do you know? He can't even do that. Because Ozai has gone off into another room and there's nothing you can do about it. He doesn't know where Ozai is. And obviously the Fire Nation isn't going to give it up. So I love that. It makes me feel like they had some serious lows in this story. And that they went through stuff before it was finally rainbows and sunshine at the end. It really makes me feel like they went through some stuff in the show. And of course, it always keeps me on the edge of my seat. And so the third reason, and it kind of goes into the keeping me on the edge of my seat thing, is it makes it feel like the main characters aren't safe. I'm not saying necessarily that they are safe or aren't safe right because i'd say it's a kids show on nickelodeon the main characters are probably safe but it makes you feel like they aren't here's a great example okay a great example so in the boiling rock episode in the scene where Sokka is waiting for his dad to exit the gondola I honestly was not sure if he was going to exit or not. At first, I was like, well, obviously he is. Then I thought more. Why? Because they lost so much. Because at the end of season two, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just lost straight up. Like, it wasn't even close. And then Day of Black Sun, they lose again. Like, everything is going wrong. Everything. So I was, I thought, I was like, well, wait, they lost in Bossing Say, and now they just lost again during the Day of Black Sun. Is Hakoda Sokka's dad going to exit? I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Now, of course, he did. But for that, like, 10 seconds where they're, like, baiting you in it, like, is he going to exit or not? I, I didn't know. I did not know. At first, I was like, well, obviously, he's going to exit. 
But then I thought about how many times they've been losing, and this would just be another loss. I I didn't know. I honestly did not know. So I I find that amazing. I I love I love the fact that I was questioning that when it happened because so many kids shows, so many shows, movies in general wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be questioning it. I'd be like, oh well, his dad's gonna exit that. No, I didn't. I. I had no idea. I didn't know what was going to happen. And now going back to Lord of the Rings comparison, I feel like I'm bashing Lord of the Rings at this point. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, uh, seriously, cinematography is absolutely fantastic. I love the characters. The story is great in Lord of the Rings. All that great stuff. But I do have my complaints about it. Like I said, still my top 30 movies of all time. I've watched tons of movies, okay? So honestly, I... I did it enjoy Lord of the Rings? Though I wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much as other people did. Like my mom, there's some of her favorite movies of all time. I'm not there. I'm. I, they're definitely not my favorite movies of all time. But let me talk about something I find kind of. I don't want to say it's stupid because honestly, sometimes I like watching it. But at the same time, it makes me not feel like these characters are in any danger at all. I never felt like these characters were in danger because they always felt invincible. Like, have you... <laughs> Legolas. I, I think that even the deepest Lord of the Rings fanatics would agree with me here. Legolas is just OP as hell. Just so overpowered he literally took down an entire elephant with at least 50 people on it by himself by himself and of course Gimli goes to him he's like that counts as one haha <laughs> funny but seriously it just makes me feel like these characters are absolutely invincible I feel like Aragorn is invincible even even Gimli Gimli who's looked at as the comic relief the whole time I think of him as just completely invincible because he makes a game out of it with Legolas. They just stand there. Hey, I get this kill. No, I got this. And then Legolas, of course, always gets a ton more than he does. But I feel like they're invincible. Even at their lowest point, when they're surrounded by orcs, I never once thought, oh, they're going to die. I never thought that. It made me cry. <laughs> I'll say that because when Aragorn goes for Frodo and then he just runs right in I love that I, I cried but not because I thought that he was gonna sacrifice himself even though he was going to if he needed to do that but I didn't think he was gonna die right just the fact that he did that for his friend for just a little hobbit from the Shire made me cry but I didn't cry because I thought he was gonna die or any of our main heroes were going to die that's not going to happen because they just feel too invincible i always felt that way in avatar sokka's mm -hmm. dad comes out is he going to come out i have no idea because they have lost already they've lost twice and it was two major defeats i'm not just talking like little oh it, you know they lose once and then they go back immediately and all of a sudden it's rainbows again that's not how it works. No, they just lose. That's what happens. 
And that's what I really liked about Avatar. And it made me... In every other show, movie I've ever watched... Well, maybe not ever watched it, Breaking Bad. But for most shows and movies that I've watched, I'd be able to predict, oh, he's coming out of that gondola. No way he's not. And I would have no emotional investment in it. I didn't know if he was. I honestly didn't. Through everything that's happened to these characters, I didn't know what was going to happen. And when I say lost, too, okay... What I mean by that isn't like the battles at Minas Tirith, for example, or the rings. At the end of the second book, Two Towers, or movie. Actually, I'm not sure about the book. I never read the books. I only watched the movies. I know. I'm lazy. Anyway, I watched the movie and the battle Minas Tirith. It's a great battle. One of the greatest battles in movie history. Don't get me wrong. But... I was even expecting maybe that they'd lose this one to kind of show, oh, you know, there's a big change here at the end of book two or movie two. But no. Well, just when it looks like our heroes are about to lose, the whole other, you know, Gandalf gets the riders of Rohan, they come in and save the day. And it's just like, well... Okay, why was I even really invested in this battle overall? You know, I I get it. You know, it is it does feel like for a second maybe they will lose, but they don't. So I don't know. I I get that it's it's amazing to watch. It's a crazy spectacle. It is amazing that they were able to come up with such a good battle sequence here, but. In the end, the heroes win because right in the nick of time, they're saved. That's not what I mean by a loss. Feeling like you're about to lose and then not losing. What I mean is, no, losing straight up. And Lord of the Rings never really does that other than that one time when... Ah, oh, what's his name? Now I'm forgetting his name. The son of the king... I mean, Tirith goes to Osgiliath to defend it, and they all get slaughtered. That's the one time they don't even show it on screen. So I, I don't. They, they just don't really lose in Lord of the Rings, and they just keep constantly winning over and over again. Even like little losses that happen, it's immediately followed by a win. I feel no, at least not as much emotion, as much on the edge of my seat as I would when I'm watching Avatar, honestly. And that's why losing can be so great, can make your audience feel things a lot more, can make them question what's happening next, can leave you on the edge of your seat. Now, so is all losing great? Does that does losing make your story great? No, of course not. You have to do it right. And I've already explained a little bit why I think they did it right. But let me go in a little bit more detail here. All right. I've actually had a very similar experience when I watched Infinity War and the second season finale of Avatar for the first time. At first, I hated it. Okay, for both, for both the movie Infinity War and the Crossroads Destiny, the season two finale of Avatar. Because Thanos, who I absolutely hated, I despised him in the movie, 
won in the end and killed half the population of the universe. And Zuko, who I was rooting for the whole time to turn good, decides to join Azula and go back to the Fire Nation. I hated it right after I watched it. And not only that, the Fire Nation also became more powerful, taking over the biggest kingdom on Earth in the show, the Earth Kingdom. But once I finished the show, once I finished the movie, and I thought about it more, the losses here made me love Avatar and Infinity War even more. Infinity War is now my favorite superhero movie of all time. That is saying something because I don't particularly enjoy superhero movies most of the time. I know a lot of people do. I know I probably piss people off saying that, but it's true. I've never particularly enjoyed them. But Infinity War was one I loved because of what happens in the end. When I thought about it more, I realized, no, it works perfectly. Because Thanos deserved it. He may be morally wrong completely and a horrible, I was about to say human being, he's not a human being, but a horrible alien, right? But he did deserve it because he he just destroyed everyone he went through to get what he wanted. And he finally got what he wanted in the end. And it makes perfect sense. In Avatar's case, it's a little bit different. But it still has to do with a character making a decision that makes sense. Azula comes in. If I if Iroh was just there, Azula didn't come into that little uh, crystal prison or whatever. Iroh and Iroh was there. Zuko would not have gone back to the Fire Nation. He would have joined Aang and Katara right there. But since Azula comes in and says, hey, Zuko, you know, I can't do this without you manipulating him. That's what made him join back to the Fire Nation. So it is a little bit different for both cases. But on one hand, not only it was it Azula, actually, but it was also the fact that Zuko in the back of his head is like, well, hey, you know, I... If I do this, I could maybe get the love of my father back and then and also be accepted by the Fire Nation again, something I've always wanted for the past three years to get my honor back. And that was in the back of his head and Azula brought it out. So not only does it forward Zuko's character arc, it also shows how manipulative Azula is. It works with the story, just like Thanos. While Thanos is a little bit different because it's just about him just absolutely dominating all the battles he's been in, Zuko's, it, it, both of them, both Zuko and Thanos, they both work to build the character and further the plot along. Keep in mind this. If Zuko did not go back to the Fire Nation, we would not have the battle between Aang and Ozai during Sozin's Comet. Ozai would have wiped out the entire world. Why? Because Zuko wouldn't have gone to the meeting where Ozai said that. And Aang wouldn't have been able to fight Ozai in that time. Zuko wouldn't have gone to Aang and said, hey, no, you have to fight my dad 
during Sozin's Comet, or at least before Sozin's Comet, or else he's going to destroy the entire world. Zuko wouldn't have been able to tell Aang that if he hadn't gone back to the Fire Nation. So it even works in the plot, in the story, not just for the character, Zuko, but also for the story. So I love that Avatar is able to bring these losses in and make them not only great and put you on the edge of your seat and make you not realize what's going to or not know what's going to happen next, but also fit it into the plot and the character development so well. And it's the same thing with Thanos. It fits into Thanos's story so well moving on into Endgame too, because he realizes in Endgame, hey, in their world, I won. But now they've come back and now they're trying to stop me again. So I need to destroy the Avengers in order to get my way. It works with the story and it works with the character. Place where it doesn't do that. A great example. I think many of you were maybe thinking this when I was talking about it. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi... Rose and Finn, they go out on their quest. I forget exactly what the quest was for. I think it was flipping a switch. I don't quite remember because that movie, I didn't, I guess I didn't hate it, but it was lacking for me. Yeah. But Finn and Rose, they go and they go try to flip a switch or whatever, and their plan just fails, and then they get brought back to their ship. What does that do for the plot or the character development? Nothing. It doesn't do anything. I'm not on the edge of my seat because in the end, they kind of end up winning a little bit. They retreat, at least. And it's kind of played for like a hopeful thing. I'm not sure if retreating is the most hopeful thing. So I don't... That, that movie is a perfect example of how losing can go badly. When you just want to make the audience be un, not know what's going to happen next. And you have no context to it. That's a perfect example. That's what will happen. But if, if it furthers the plot along and it furthers the characters along and by the end of it, I, it makes perfect sense. It makes sense. It makes sense why Zuko went back to the Fire Nation. That's been in the back of his head for years. And then once Azula came in, well, obviously he's going to join Azula. Now, when I thought about it, when I finished the show, because Azula is just so manipulative. And not only that, you also have to understand Zuko thinks of himself as less than Azula. He knows he's not as good as firebending. He knows he's not as intelligent as her. He knows he's not as manipulative. So he views himself as less of a human being than she is. So if she says, hey, join me and you'll get everything you want, then she must be right. That's what was kind of going on in his head. And he chose the wrong side until the day of Black Sonic course. Spoiler alert. Though, it's probably too late for that. <laughs> but these losses in Infinity War and Avatar fit the narrative of the stories overall. If you look at Infinity War, I know I, I dove 
deep into Thanos already, but another addition to that is Thanos is really the protagonist. It's about his journey. It's not about the Avengers' journey. In fact, if you compare the screen time of Thanos, the Avengers, Thanos skyrockets over him. Not sure the exact number of minutes, but I'm sure he's a lot more. Because it's about his story. It's not about the Avengers. And Zuko, you could argue, is kind of the protagonist of Avatar. At least the main character. For the most part, I would say it's Aang and Zuko. Those two characters. And all these reasons show why losing and having Zuko go to the wrong side, having Thanos win in the end, why they really did... It makes sense. It makes sense in the story, and it makes sense for the characters. And that is why losing can be an art. It can put you on the edge of your seat. It can make you not know what's going to happen next. And it's great. And that is part of the reason. I think one of the biggest reasons why Avatar is so beloved by so many people. Because not many shows would go there. Not many. But Avatar does. And I love it. And it's great. And it works so well with the story and the characters. So thank you for listening. One thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about going on vacation is that I might actually do a few podcasts while I'm on vacation. Keep in mind, though, it'll be a lot worse audio quality because I'm going to be having to use my phone. Right now, of course, I'm using a mic. with A lot better audio quality, so... My phone might not have the best, just warning you about that. So I might try to throw in a few podcasts here and there while I'm on vacation, probably significantly less than I've been doing on this channel because I'd have to, I have to write up the whole thing first. And while obviously being here at home due to coronavirus, it's, I do have enough time on my hands to do that. When I'm out on vacation, we're going to be going to a lot of sightseeing spots and all that kind of stuff. So maybe not as much time, but I will try to do it as best I can. And again, sorry for the audio quality. It might be a little bit worse because I have to use my phone. But thank you for listening. Please safe out there. Wear a mask. Do all the precautions. Stay six feet apart. Please do. And I will see you in the next one. This is Screen Secrets. I'm Eric Gibson. Signing off.